0: Hey guys, welcome back to Sarah says, the weekly podcast with me, Sarah CEO and chief Scrunchy enthusiast over at Sockbun Studios, talking about whatever it is that's on my mind. Happy Fa la la holidays, everyone. We have the week four wrap-up of all the Christmas movies in the Binge or Cringe Christmas Around the Channels movie marathon fest that I have embarked upon watching all the Christmas movies on all the channels. I have a lot of new followers coming in, a lot of new listeners. This is so exciting. If you have found me because of a repost in Instagram stories or because of a TikTok, hi, it is nice to have you. I hope you enjoyed The Madness. This week we had 14 out of 15 movies. I know, I'm sorry, I did not get to the Apple TV spirited movie yet because I don't own Apple TV and I need my friend's login again, which she said she would give me. I just haven't had the time, but I will watch it and I will review it. We had some wins at Hallmark Channel and Lifetime, lots of crying going on this weekend, and then lots of head scratching, GAC Family, I think it's time that we worry, darling, if you're not, I'm, I'm worried for you. I mean, I'm not really worried for you. I didn't expect a lot, but I expected more than what you've been giving. And I'm just really curious to know what is going on and does anyone know anything? Does a single person know what's going on at that channel? We have a lot to get to, so let's not waste time. Let's jump into the crazy madness of 14 movies in one weekend. Okay, let's kick it off with Falling for Christmas on Netflix. This is the, what I think is, triumphant return for Lindsay Lohan and her acting career. I loved Lilo in the late 90s, early 2000s, and I am so happy that she appears to be doing well and that she's back here acting. I thought this movie really suited her, and especially on the news or on the heels of Aaron Carter's unfortunate passing... I just love that she's doing well, uh, because that wasn't always the case. And like Paris Hilton is doing well, and Hilary Duff always had a pretty good head on her shoulders. She had really good people surrounding her, uh, but she's doing good as well. And I just, I just love that. I love that because you know the early two thousands were actually kind of really hard for girls. A lot of body issues there's a lot of body dysmorphia and everything, and especially for the celebrities. And so I'm happy to see them all thriving. And and I, it looks like Lindsay's thriving, and I hope she is. Um, this movie is basically a play of Overboard. Someone on Benjamin Ayer's TikTok account, which I got sent by my friend Heather. I didn't know he had a TikTok account. Uh, Said that it was basically like Falling for Vermont, which is a movie with Benjamin Ayers and Julie Julie Gonzalez? Or Julia Gonzalez? I think it's Julie. Um, Not exact. Yes and no. um, Because the guy that she falls for isn't a doctor, but that's not the point. Um, So Overboard, the 1987 movie with Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell, the thing about that movie is he knows that she's a rich, spoiled, entitled, kind of terrible person, and he uses that against her, basically, to try and, like, teach her a lesson. Here, Court Overstreet's character, Jake, does not know. So, in the way of Benjamin Eyre's character in Falling for Vermont... He never knew who she was either. Uh, but anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. It reads, in the days leading up to Christmas, a young and newly engaged heiress experiences a skiing accident. After being diagnosed with amnesia, she finds herself in the care of the handsome lodge owner and his daughter. So along uh, with Lindsay Lohan, it has Court Overstreet, that plays her love interest, George Young, it plays Tad, he's her kind of fiance, a very popular influencer, and Jack Wagner. But Heep. Well, no. Is he in a Hallmark movie, too? I don't think so. Um, But yeah, I was like, wait, Jack Wagner uh, plays her father Beauregard. So Lindsay plays Sierra, a spoiled, entitled heiress who's never worked a day in her life, doesn't even dress herself, has a glam squad comes in, presents her with caviar and champagne every morning uh, and a clothes rack and does everything for her, literally, like, holds the drink up to her so she can get a drink and feeds her and everything. And her father, Beauregard, owns this very impressive ski resort lodge area. And when we first meet him, he meets Jake, who runs this other ski resort that is not on the upscale side and needs some help. Otherwise they're going to lose the ski resort and the two like, hit it off in a way, but Beauregard kind of also just dismisses him and says like, oh, you know, I'd really love to help you out, but I can't. So Jake goes to leave and he runs smack dab into Sierra while she's waiting for Tad. George Young, I don't think I've ever seen him in anything before, but he was hysterical. And so Jake runs into her, spills some hot chocolate on her, but they don't actually get introduced. So I was kind of waiting for the shoe to drop to, like, once she gets amnesia and that he did know who she was all along. But that's not the case. He really, truly didn't know who she was. So anyway, um, Sierra and Tad have lunch with her father and he you can tell that her father is not impressed. And so the next day, her father goes to leave and says, I'll be back in a couple of days. And she's like, okay. And she goes out with Tad on this ski mobile. They are driving there. And while they're driving there on the radio, she's like, oh, I love this song. It's Jingle Bell Rock. I screamed out loud. Like that moment, I I was living my best life in that moment. I was like, oh my God, I love the Mean Girls reference here. Like it was just so flawlessly executed. Oh, I love this song. Turn it up. And then she's like, what a bright time. Oh, I loved it. I loved it. So, uh, anyway, they get to this mobile. they ski up, uh, ski mobile up, whatever to the, this mountain cliff side. And Tad proposes with a ring that doesn't fit and all of this. And while she's standing there and they're trying to get the perfect selfie, ussy for it, which is a Ted Lasso line. Um, it, the, She gets blown (laughs) off the side of the mountain and she tumbles, tumbles, tumbles. Tad ends up going down as well, and they get separated and she hits her head. Jake finds her while he's on a sleigh ride with other resort guests that he's taking them on this sleigh ride. And she wakes up in the hospital. She doesn't know who she is. She's still like very entitled about stuff, but she doesn't know who she is. And they're basically like, well, you can either stay here at the hospital or you can go with Jake. And so she's like, okay, I'll go with Jake. And it, like, she tries to learn how to do things. He, she meets his daughter, uh, what's her, his daughter's name? A, Avy. A, why? A- 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 Ivy? I-, 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 I don't remember. Um, I'm trying to think. That didn't sound like what her name was, but now I'm having trouble remembering. Um and so she's like, Well, like, you need a name since you can't remember yours. And she's like, Well, you can take one of their names. And she points at all of her stuffed animals and she's naming them off. And they're like, Oh, what about Sarah? Sarah's nice. Three Christmas movies this year features the name Sarah. I'm living my best life. Um and But Sarah slash Sierra just having a really hard time because she's never made a bed before. She's never washed her own clothes. All of these simple daily tasks that she's trying to help out with, and she just fails at all of them. And she's like, oh, I'm such a failure. You know, it's been two days. No one's come looking for me. My prints aren't in the system. Like, maybe I've never had a job. Like, I don't know. So she and Jake really connect. But he says maybe we should, like, they're about to kiss. And he's like, maybe we shouldn't because you could be with someone and, you know, that wouldn't be good. She's like, yeah, you're probably right. Um, Tad ends up, <laughs> I don't know, be, like finding like a poacher or something uh, off in the woods. And so he, desi- Ralph, I think his name is, and he is taking Tad back into civilization. Beauregard comes back, he's like, "Where's my daughter?" Everyone's like, "We don't know, and he's like, We'll call the police. <laughs> so they end up finding Sierra right when they're throwing this fundraiser, trying to get enough money to save the resort, and Jake's like, "Your name's sierra like i I had no idea I met you, but I didn't know who you were, and I was so happy because in that moment, I was so worried that they were going to do the very tired, overly done, like, how could you not tell me, like, kind of drama that just didn't need to exist, and they didn't, so I was very happy. Um, In the end, she breaks off the engagement with Tad and ends up with Jake, and uh, Beauregard ends up investing in that resort, and she's like, yeah, I, you know, heard you could use someone help To help you run it and stuff. I just loved it. And then they showed this whole blooper montage while the credits were rolling and they were doing Jingle Bell Rock that she was singing. I loved it. It was the perfect Christmas rom-com, the perfect amount of funny, the perfect amount of drama, the perfect amount of sentimentality to it. I just loved it. It was a good movie. Netflix always seems to deliver a movie like this right at the beginning of the season that just hits They did it with Holiday. They did it last year with Love Hard. And now they've done this with Falling for Christmas. Netflix always gets one in there right at the beginning that just really performs super well. And I couldn't be happier for Lindsay. And I just, I love this movie. And I can't wait to watch it again. Christmas on Mistletoe Lake was the other Thursday movie. That was on Lifetime. (sighs) You know how I just said, I like—I literally just said in the week three wrap up about Lifetime was that they started off really super strong because they knew that they were going to have a lot of really bad movies. They didn't even make it through the next movie without it being terrible. Lifetime, are you not embarrassed? Are you not embarrassed? I want to speak to the manager. I don't understand what this movie was. Starred uh, Janelle Williams and Corey Sevier. It reads, interior designer Riley finds herself this Christmas in the town of Mistletoe Lake with no place to stay. She accepts an offer from Ray to stay in his boat, helping him renovate the boat for the town's Christmas Harbor Festival. I had a really strong suspicion that this movie was going to be hot garbage uh, from Go, and I absolutely was not disappointed in that. Now, I do want to state there's one, one thing that I want to state that was very nicely done. Her dress, Janelle Williams, stunning. Her dress in the photo, and it was like the final scene dress, stunning. Beautiful. That perfection. Perfection. Not even the main photo. You photoshopped his suit. His suit was brown. I cannot stress this enough. They straight out did a montage scene of him trying on clothes. Like we're watching a high school rom-com movie. You know what I'm talking about. A good old early 2000s montage dressing room try-on scene for the high school kids. And at one point, Corey Sevier walks out. In a brown suit, mousy brown suit, with a red tie and a white and navy blue striped shirt. Uh, And then they carried, and they're like, oh, you look great. You look wonderful. What? And then they carried that moment into super bad karaoke singing. The worst. And it wasn't just one scene. They literally did like five songs. It just kept going. And I just want to know, are you not embarrassed? Are you not ashamed to put that on your channel? Oh, I don't even want to give this movie the time of day in this because it's that bad. It was written and directed by Robin Dunn. Done, Dune, doesn't matter. Not good. Uh, He's best known for a whole bunch of Oh my God! No wonder! Absolutely no wonder. Just clicked on it. He played Gavin in The Enchanted Christmas Cake. The movie I absolutely refused to finish because it was that terrible last year on Lifetime. No wonder why. So he, straight up, has acted in terrible Christmas movies and said, hmm, I got this. I can write and direct one. That's exactly what he did. And I just want to know how this got approved and got passed. So, Riley, we're going to do this in the quickest amount of time possible because... I don't want to focus on it at all. Riley convinces her family every year. They each get to pick a different... Like, each year it's on a rotating schedule. They pick a place to go to for Christmas. And it's her year, and she wants to go to Mistletoe Lake for this harbor uh, pageant parade thing because it's the only place where the boats can go out at Christmas time. And I would just like to point out that Hallmark literally did this last year with the Christmas sale, which was a great movie, by the way. So her family is going to meet her out there. She goes first. She cancels their reservation where they're originally supposed to stay. And then she has nowhere to stay. And she ends up meeting Ray, whose family runs the bakery, because that's where she was, or whatever. I don't know that he runs the bakery or not. His daughter, who's, like, well, getting into high school, so she's young. Uh, and they're like, oh, well, you can stay in our decrepit boat that needs a whole bunch of fixing up, and I'm actually going to sell it because... I need money because she's trying to get into this advanced high school and I need money to pay for it. Um, And Riley's like, hey, guess what? I know how to fix a whole bunch of things so I can help you fix up the boat to put it in one last pageant before you sell it. Where then uh, this guy that she works with frequently named, I don't know, is his name Doug? Yeah, I don't think his name was Doug. Whatever the man's name was, shows up and he's like, oh, I'm going to buy the boat And I want you to remodel it for me. And then I'm going to flip it and sell it and make more money. And hey, this isn't just a one-time project because I've got a whole bunch of investors here and we're going to buy the whole mistletoe lake and we're going to put some condos and apartments and even a big box store. I swear to God, that's literally the words that came out of the mouth was like, and even a big box store. Who says that? in normal everyday conversation, who says, you know what? I need to go shopping. Let's go to the big box store. No one, no one says that. I, w- Oh my God. They said that. I was like, this is the worst. This is the worst. The- what is this? What is this? So it ends up like she and Ray momentarily have a tiff. And then he's like, no, I should have known. I should have known you would never do that. I mean, it was like the shortest drama I've ever seen in my life. But then he kind of storms off again because her sister shows up like, oh yeah, saw that you met with so-and-so. How'd the meeting go? Like, can't wait to work on the whole harbor here. I, yeah. And so it ends with uh, the guy saying like, well, I'm not going to buy the boat and we're not going to buy the harbor. I'm not going to be the one to gentrify this place. Oh my God. And uh, yeah, and she just, she decides to stay and Emmett and gets into the high school and then she gets a phone call and she just got this scholarship that they basically never award, uh, but they award it sometimes and she's the one that got it. So now they don't have to sell the boat because now she has the money for the school and it was, it was terrible. I don't ever want to watch it again. I knew it was going to be bad and it was awful. Why? Why? Like you, oh my god, you absolutely crushed it on Sunday, and then you turned around and you did this to me, and I, I, I demand to speak to the manager. Moving to Friday, we're starting with Up TV. The Christmas Retreat starred Clayton James and Rhiannon Fish. They've both been in one Hallmark movie each that I know of. No, I think Rhiannon Fish has been in two Hallmark movies, but anyway, they were both sort of new to Hallmark movies, but now They've both done this Up TV movie. Uh, This reads, when Kim's boyfriend breaks up with her, instead of proposing, Kim's mom takes her away to a Christmas retreat to reconnect with the spirit of the holiday. There she meets newly unemployed Mark. (sighs) Up TV is the king of channels of never let them know your next move. I read that synopsis and I was like, why is he unemployed? This probably isn't going to be good. I loved it. The way Up TV keeps me guessing every week. I never know. I truly never know if it's going to be good or if it's going to be awful. Because sometimes the picture can be good and it's awful. Sometimes the picture's bad and it's great. You never know. You truly never know. Up TV is always the one keeping you guessing. Which I guess is maybe why I enjoy watching the movies. Because you don't know. Uh, So, Kim is trying to make partner at her law firm, and she's neglected her boyfriend. He's a doctor of the two years, basically, they've been dating. She's trying to get to him because she's like, he's going to propose tonight. I just know it. And she meets Mark because they're both trying to hail the same cab. And she's like, I'm late for an engagement. Literally, I'm missing my engagement. So she gets the taxi, takes off. But instead, he doesn't propose. He breaks up with her. He's like, you you don't devote any time to this, and like, I think we should break up. And she's like, oh, okay. And Mark, meanwhile, works in finance and he's just been passed up for a promotion because the boss's nephew has gotten it. And he's like, really? Like the 22 year old who I trained that has like six months of experience, like he's the one getting this promotion. And so he quits. And I'm like, you know what? He should have quit. Like, absolutely. So this whole like newly unemployed, I'm like, why is he unemployed? So Mark calls his sister, and his sister's like, "Hey, come to the Christmas retreat. You haven't been in forever. You should come." Meanwhile, Kim's mom is like, "Let's go to this Christmas retreat. I have a friend that's going. She talks about it. We should go." So the two re meet there, and I was like, "Oh, it was like at first, I didn't catch that it was Mark at like at the taxi at the same time. I was like, it was." And the two, like, they both kind of hide their phones at first because you have to give everything up. Um, but then they end up getting caught. Well, she gets caught. And then she's like, well, he still has his phone. <laughs> and so the two end up connecting. They spend all of this time together. And the whole time she's like, I won't miss the boyfriend's name, Steven, I think. She's like, well, I'm writing this to him so that he can see I've changed. I'm putting the kibosh on this right now. If a man is not matching your energy and vice versa, if the partner you are with is not matching your energy, do not lower your standards for them. My favorite part, though, comes towards the end. So one thing is like you have to write a letter to someone for Christmas. And so she writes the letter to the ex-boyfriend and then he shows up, which obviously you knew was going to happen, right? And so he shows up and he's like, I got your letter and I see all of this and i'm ready to propose blah 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 she's so excited right mark's heartbroken they go to eat and she's saying something about maybe she wants to do this for work something different and he's like well why would you need to work i'm a doctor i make more than enough for both of us what if i buy the house you stay home with our children and she's like ah 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 uh, 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 TikTok runs my life. I'm just like, no. No, I did not work this hard to become a lawyer to then just up and quit my career for a family. Like, yes, I want children. No, I am not just quitting my career for children. Like, no. I loved, I was, thank you. Thank you. Uh, Oh, uh, but I just, This happened in a GAC movie. The guy was not matching her energy. And I'm like, why? Why are you lowering your own expectations for this man who clearly just wants you to change for him? Like, he's not going to do any changing. And I would say this in the reverse as well. Like, you should not have to change yourself. You should not have to alter your total identity to be with someone ever. But uh, but yeah, I love this movie. I thought the two, I thought Rhiannon and Clayton had great chemistry. And it was super cute. Like for up TV, it was cute. I gave it a four. I would definitely watch it again. In Mary Measure was Hallmark's Friday Night Movie. I was uncertain about this one because they I I don't know what they did to Brendan Penny here. I love Brendan Penny. It started Brendan Penny and Patty Murin. And I, I don't think I've ever seen Patty Murin in anything before, but, um, it, Brendan Penny, I like, they made him wear these serial killer glasses now. And then I was like, maybe I'm being too hard. Maybe they're more like rocket science nerd kind of glasses. So I put it up on my Instagram. I put it in a poll and no people hardcore were like, these are they, I'm just, I'm rechecking the poll here. Yeah, everyone. Oh, no. One person put in the middle. I'm like, on a scale of rocket science nerd to serial killer, where do these glasses rank? And basically, everyone said they're serial killer glasses. This movie reads, when pop star Darcy returns home to spend Christmas with her sister and niece, she unexpectedly finds herself coaching the high school choir with her one-time rival, Adam. This movie started with Patty Murin singing some songs, and then she sings candy rush or sugar rush whatever sugar rush hallmark are you not embarrassed are you not embarrassed what is this song i do not want to hear one more bad song on any of these channels i can't do it anymore Write better lyrics. This is not their singing voices are fine. This is nothing about the singing voices. This comes strictly down to the lyrics. Falling in love in another life and then dragging out a movie for two hours. This one, let's just um roll tape here. If well, if I could roll tape, I would. Uh I'm gonna play where'd it go? I'm gonna play it. I'm just gonna read you what the lyrics are. Okay. With every kiss, lips like licorice. Strawberry candy kiss, you got me looking for a sugar fix, sugar fix. Oh, maybe it was called sugar fix. Lips like bubble gum, and I got to get me some. I'm so addicted, I just can't resist. And every time you go away, your candy-coated kiss is all I can taste. Are you not embarrassed? What is that? Anyway, moving on. Um so Darcy comes home to drum roll, please, Dayton, Ohio. <laughs> Dayton, Dayton, Ohio. Uh, I- Hallmark. Two movies. Lead actresses characters' names are Sarah and now a movie set in Dayton, Ohio. You can reach out to me. You can make amends. Feel free. Any point in time. There's no way that this is all a coincidence. There's no way (laughs) that this is all a coincidence after the number one fan complete total meltdown moment with Hallmark. I digress. So they are sitting there. Oh, and it also starred um oh, oh unlock my phone. Uh Jennifer Robertson, Jocelyn from Shit's Creek. It took me over half the movie. I was like, "Why does she look so familiar?" Like I couldn't figure it out. And then just as soon as I looked her up, as it was loading, I was like, "Oh my god, it's Jocelyn." I love it. So um so she goes home to her sisters, Gretchen, uh, house to spend Christmas with them. And she's like, oh, I just love tuna noodle casserole. I haven't had a casserole in forever. And Gretchen says, well, welcome to Ohio. I- Who wrote this movie? Whoever wrote this movie must be from Ohio. <laughs> I personally hate tuna noodle casserole, but that is such a staple in Ohio. <laughs> what? And then, so I was like, what are the chances that it's in Ohio, and then like her niece doesn't get this role because Adam cuts her off and picks other people, and it's all about this a cappella singing competition. And her niece is like, "No, he knows what he's doing. He wins every year." And um, Darcy says, "I could win it. It's a competition in Dayton, Ohio." I about fell off my bed. <laughs> like what? So yeah, so set in Dayton, Ohio. So bizarre. <laughs> And so, yeah, uh, Darcy's like, all we need is three good singers, and we we, we could go up against him. And she's like, wait, wait. are there other singers? So she forms a group. Adam has his group. And then the groups, because they're high schoolers and they're more mature than Adam and Darcy, say, hey, we don't want to go against each other. We want to work together. And so they do. And Adam and Darcy have to work together. And he tells her over time, like when you were or like, when I was 18, I was singing scales to myself doing blah, blah, blah. When you were 18, you were traveling the world singing sugar rush, sugar fix, whatever. And she's like, yeah, well now I don't have a recording um, label or yeah. Well, I don't have a label and I don't have a contract or anything. And he's like, well, you're going to get back to it. So the two really hit it off and they're re- like, everything's going smoothly her niece overcomes her stage fright and everything. And then she gets a call from this new record label. And he's like, we want you to perform. You know, we want you to do this, blah, blah, blah. We'll send everything over and you'll fly out and come to New York to do this. And she's like, well, you know, I promised my niece I would be here for this competition. And he's like, okay, well, what if we do this and we'll have you back in time for this? And And she's still going to miss the competition, but they're all having dinner the night before or, like, a few days before the competition, whatever. And she tells everyone and tells Adam as well, like, all at the same time. And she's like, well, I have something to tell you. I've been given the opportunity to sign with this record label, but they need me to perform live for them. And so I'm going to miss it. But Gretchen's going to send me so many photos and videos. Like, I'm going to run out of phone storage for this. And I'm so sorry. I feel like I'm letting you guys down. And all of the kids, everyone's like, no, you're not letting us down. Like, it go do this. Like, this is what you want. Adam comes outside and he congratulates her. And he's like, this is what you want. And he's like, I just want you to know that if you ever get lonely again, like you were before, I'm a phone call away. Like, go do this. Go live your dream. And I was like, this is so refreshing. This is so refreshing. I loved it. Like, I expected him to just be like, I can't believe you're abandoning the kids. Or the kids to be like, I can't believe you're going to miss it. Like, how could you do this to us? I was so happy that that did not happen. So anyway, she goes, but she comes back and Gretchen's like, well, wait a minute. What about your career? And she says, I told them, yes, I know I'm going to be on the road, but I'm going to make my home base in Dayton, Ohio. And, you know, if they're not okay with that, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, eh. and she's like, and they signed me. And I was like, oh, okay, good. Because I was going to say, if you were throwing all of that away for Dayton, yikes. Uh, <laughs> like, are you sure about that? So um, yeah, worked out in the end. And of course, she's there. And then it was the acapella performance. And honestly, I was just watching the crowd. I was like, is Pentatonix there? I feel like Pentatonix is somewhere here in the background. Because anytime there's any kind of acapella performance going on in a movie, Pentatonix is there. And I love them. Uh, But yeah, like all the kids had these yellow fleece scarves on. And I was like, well, that was certainly a choice. Whether that was the right choice or not, I don't know. <laughs> But she and Adam, like, she shows up and Adam's like, wait, what? what's going on? And uh, she's like, well, you know, I couldn't let my rival win or something. And he's like, rivalry. Um... Oh, shoot. I didn't write it down. What did he say? He's like, rivalry. Oh, I've, I've hit the COVID brain block again on the word I'm looking for. Um, basically means, like, that there was competition or something like that. And then he just, like, pulls her in and kisses her. I, like, thank God he finally got rid of the glasses. Um, yeah. This one... I might up it to a four. I gave it a three and a half. I might up it to a four. Like, this one surprised me. It was better than I expected, but I think it's just because I was laughing the whole time about all of the Ohio things. Um, but yeah, it's somewhere between, like, a three and a half and a four for me. Like, not absolutely perfect, but... Didn't fall into the trope holes that it could have, but followed a very formula, a formulatic recipe kind of movie idea. The Dog Days of Christmas <sighs> on Lifetime. That was the other last Friday movie. <laughs> and again, Lifetime. I just don't understand. It's better than Thursday. I'll say that much. Uh, It's still like I just, I didn't have high hopes for it. And it basically performed the way that I thought that it would. It's a two and a half for me. Uh, It says, after finishing a mission, aid worker Annie Blake is going home to Vermont to spend the holidays with her family. When the local animal shelter closes, Annie steps in to save it with the help of the local vet and old school nemesis, Dylan, starred Georgia Floyd and Ezekiel Samat as Annie and Dylan. This movie just wasn't much to write home about. Uh, Annie is going to Vermont for the first time in a few years after, I think, the loss of her mother. And she loves to help. She's always helping people. She's always volunteering, so on and so forth. And so she finds out that the local animal shelter is being closed down and that all the animals have been moved to the local vet. So she goes off uh, in hopes to get these dogs that her aunt, I think, that she's staying with had kept to show her and runs into Dylan. He's the vet and they apparently didn't get along in high school, although the whole time it's because he was in love with her and she never knew. Uh, Classic enemies to lovers going on here in that respect. And so she decides to take all three dogs and she's like, I'm going to foster them and I'm going to have them adopted in the next two weeks. And he's like, really? In the next two weeks? And she's like, well, that's how long I'm here for. So that's how long I have, and I'm going to get it done. And so she goes about trying to get these three dogs adopted. And throughout the whole movie, there are these two people out of the three dogs. There are these two people for two of the dogs. And I really, truly was at a place where I thought, she was going to adopt one dog in the end, and she and Dylan are kind of connecting. There was just no chemistry. That's part of the problem. You can't fake chemistry, and when there's no chemistry, I am not watching the movie. Like, it's on, and I'm half paying attention, but I'm not glued to the screen in any way, shape, or form if there's no chemistry. And uh, then, like, Dylan gets this notice that the vet like he is the vet can't have that many animals. So then it, they're going to get, they're going to have to go to the big city vet and everything's going to get shut down. So then they're trying to get the animal clinic or the animal shelter back open again. And it it all comes to be that, you know, they get the money to get the animal shelter back open again. And she sort of decides that she thinks she's gonna stay there when she finds out that she did get this promotion and that she's supposed to go to Costa Rica the day after Christmas, uh, to work in this new mission that she had really been looking forward to doing prior to being back home and then hitting it off with Dylan. And so Dylan finds out and he goes out to tell her or like to talk to her. And she's like, Oh, how did you find out? And He's like, oh, someone told me. And she's just like, oh. And he goes, I'm really happy for you. And like, this is what you wanted. And you're very passionate about it. And I think you're going to do great. You know, if I don't see you before you go, Merry Christmas. Thank you so much for helping, blah, 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 all of this. Again, again, I was like, I'm super impressed. Because normally what would happen is that the other person would be like, I can't believe you didn't tell me. I can't believe you're going to do this. Like, I thought you were staying, blah, blah, blah. Either way, male or female, doesn't matter. That's like whoever, the other person, doesn't matter. That's the way they go. So I was like, I'm super impressed. Like, once again, that's not happening. The next day, Annie's talking to her aunt. She's like, well, he basically told me to go and that he wouldn't miss me. And I thought that he was feeling the same way that I was feeling for him. I was like, are you BFFR right now? Be for effing real right now. (laughs) Are you serious? Are you are you serious in this moment in time? Like you are mad that he was supporting the thing that you were going on that you wanted so badly. I can't relate. I can't relate. So I was like, oh, okay. That was a twist I didn't see coming. So then she goes off to adopt these dogs. And then she tells the two people who have been with these dogs the whole two weeks. She's like, well, actually, I don't think you're right for either one of them. Like, I'm not, I'm going to adopt all the dogs. I was like, what? And they're like, um, are you serious right now? And she goes, you work too much. You work 18 hours a day. How about this turtle that also needed adopted? He's like, oh, okay. Yeah, great. A turtle. And then she tells this woman, she's like, you know, you really got along, but, like, you don't like dog hair. Well, can I introduce you in this hairless cat? And the one's like, you know, yeah, absolutely. I love this cat. Oh, I was like, what? So anyway, yeah. So she decides to adopt all three dogs and that she's not going to Costa Rica. And so Dylan shows up and she's like, yeah, I'm taking them. And he's like, well, that's kind of cheating. Uh, and he's like, but there's only one problem. You didn't fill out a form. Doesn't question anything about Costa Rica, and she's like, "Oh, that form was too long." So then he goes about asking her because she had changed the form, like, "Who's your favorite author? What's your favorite memory with an animal? Are you? Do you have any animal allergies? All of this." And and he answers before she can answer any of them. He answers them because like he's observant of her because he's in love with her, and she's over here like, he just doesn't feel the same way I feel about it. Oh. I was like where where did that line come from? Where did that line come from and why? So yeah, that's it's a two and a half. It nah, It's a two. It's a two for the animals, and that's it. Um yeah, no, nah, it's a two. It's a two. Moving to Saturday's movies starting at Up TV. A Tiny Home Christmas starred Rebecca Dalton and Christopher Seabright. It reads, In order to save her family's contracting business, Blair reluctantly teams up with her ex-boyfriend and former co-star of a hit home design reality show to build a tiny home for the unsheltered in the community, rekindling old sparks in the process just in time for Christmas. Now, I thought that maybe this was going to be a cute movie. Up TV, king of never letting them know your next move like you never know you never know and it, like you never know until you watch the movie if it's actually going to be good or not because you can read the plot and you can say oh that's going to be terrible but it's cute you can read the plot and say oh that's going to be cute and then it's terrible you just don't know up tv uh so i went into this thinking maybe there's a chance like tiny homes love bringing back tiny homes it helping the unsheltered community. I think this is a great storyline topic that should be talked about. You know, could be. No, it was terrible. It was terrible. Uh, This movie was a movie that they made on Lifetime last year. Don't ask me the name of that movie because I don't remember it. I am not the font of Lifetime movie knowledge as I am with Hallmark, but... Oh, you know what? I know who was in it, so I can look up who it was. Janet Kramer was in it. Let's just... Oh, she was in One Tree Hill. You know what? I... She was in that after I stopped watching it. Uh, the Holiday Fix-Up. It was a movie just like that with Ryan McPartlin in it. Um, that movie was super cute last year. That one I love. The chemistry off the charts. This one... Sorry to say Rebecca and Christopher... It had no chemistry. It was it was just a totally recycled plotline. They didn't even come up with a movie poster for it. I don't want to talk about this one anymore. <laughs> we have like so many movies and I've literally just been sitting here not wanting to do this because I'm like, I can't, I can't if I have to talk about movies like this. So this one's not a watch and we are... Ending the discussion here on that one. Moving on to better movies. We had The Royal Nanny. That was Hallmark Saturday movie starring Rachel Skarsten and Dan Giannotti. I was super skeptical about this. I was hoping good things, but neither of them are British. They were going to have British accents because they are literally portraying the British royal family. Not the British royal family, but the British royal family. And an MI5 agent. So, like, you can't... It's not a made-up country. You you actually have to have a British accent here. Um, and, you know, normally, like, that's really hit or miss. Not only did they knock the accents out of the park, but this was one of the most... I don't know. Most different doesn't sound like that's a correct sentence phrase. Um, what, what can I say? Most intriguing... Felt almost like, it should be a movie mysteries, not Miracles of Christmas movie mysteries movie, but just the element of trying to solve a mystery along the way. kept us engaged the whole time. I actually had this one on, uh, with my mom and my aunt at my aunt's house, and all three of us were watching it, trying to figure out the end goal, like, who was behind everything. Uh, So that says a lot that it kept my aunt actually somewhat engaged in watching these movies because she she'll put them on for me, but she has absolutely no enjoyment or pleasure in watching them. Uh, So that speaks highly of them. Uh, It reads Claire's an MI5 agent who goes undercover as the royal nanny. She must overcome the challenges of her assignment, like resisting the charms of Prince Colin while keeping the family safe at Christmas. Looking at the comments, 99 comments. Let's see how other people felt about it, because I really liked it. Um, Just wow. This one had everything. Action, romance, humor. Loved it. A whole bunch of hearts. Honestly, I was going to skip this, but I'm so glad I didn't. It was so entertaining. Um, We love the movie and the actors, but not the closed captioning. Oh. Okay, that's interesting. Ah, uh, so fun. Love this movie. New favorite. I will watch every Christmas. Fantastic. This is such a great movie. A real keeper to watch again and again. There is so much to see, and the acting is superior. Love Rachel Scarsden. Hope to see more of her. All the acting was great. She stood out. What great talent. Uh, this was a cute story, well acted, and very enjoyable. This one was a good one. Would love a second movie. Yeah, oh yeah, I would love a second movie. This was different and so fun to keep up with. Really enjoyed it, Hallmark. Great. Really enjoyed the movie. Filled with comedy, love, and suspense. This was really great storyline and kept me entertained. The whole movie, I would watch again. Okay, so, yeah, I'm not seeing anything. Oh, okay, here's one says, this one didn't pull me in or hold my interest at all. Hallmark seems to be enamored with using British accents in recent movies, but it's already getting old fast. So, okay, to be fair, well, no, um, cause to be fair, Jolly Good Christmas, I wish they had had British accents. I wish Will Kemp had had a British accent since he is in fact British. So, um, anyway, Claire, MI5 agent. Now I didn't look this up. But I think that the, the MI5 is like the FBI for England. Because I think MI6 is like the CIA international. Because MI6 is James Bond, which I know is fictional, but he's an international thing. And like every time you see a CIA thing and they're working with MI6. So I believe MI5 is more like the FBI like, things happening within England. But I could be completely wrong, and no, I did not Google this ahead of time. you think that I would have, but I didn't. So, Claire's an MI5 agent. They get this credible threat on the royal family, more specifically, Colin's sister's children, two children that she has, and Colin is fourth in line. Now, how he's fourth in line, because... No, not his sister, his brother. His brother's children, but his, and his sister-in-law, right? Oh, see, I didn't write anything down because I was so in the moment of watching it. Now, now I'm, okay, that's mother and the father. Okay, it must be sister-in-law. One, two, three. Oh, okay. So he would be fourth in line because his brother would become king and then his two children and then Prince Colin would be Okay, okay, okay. That's that's the line of succession. Okay, anyway. Um uh, so anyway, uh so they they get Claire to become a nanny, to infiltrate into the royal family because they're like, We need someone to be present. And like, oh, this would work because the kids keep running their nannies away and we need a new nanny. So she goes off to do this little kind of training course with Scary Poppins, Miss Lambert, Lansbury, because it's always Lansbury nannies that take care of the royal family children. And did you like my posh accent there? Um, so, and Miss Lansbury like, Uh, This is probably going to ruin my career right now because no one can know she's in my five because she has to be undercover because it could be someone at the palace. So Claire goes and the children try to prank her. It sort of reminded me of the Bridgerton series, Eloise's book with Sir Philip's children Um, because the kids are cute kids. But yeah, they like to play these little pranks and she catches all of them out right away. And they're like, how did she do? how does she know? So Colin shows up and they're like, Uncle Colin, Uncle Colin, we need help this, this nanny's good. He's like okay, I'll help. So he kind of tries to distract her and then also trick her but she just pushes the door open with the umbrella, the signature umbrella from the Lansbury nannies and uh, the spaghetti falls down onto his head and he's like, you're good (laughs) So um, she becomes friends with the parent's mother. And like, you really have to suss out who's behind the threat and what's going on. So about three quarters of the way through, I was like, I think it's this person. And I don't want to say it because I, I want people to watch it. And I, I like want you to be in, in suspense about it. And my mom is like, oh, because I think it's this person. And I was like, oh, maybe. And then my aunt's like, well, we still don't know anything about this person. <laughs> so the fact, like, we were all sitting there trying to figure it out. And in a way, we we were all right. Like, I was right. My mom was also right. And then my aunt, like, yeah, had brought up this point that this one person hadn't, like, we still were waiting on information about this other person. Um, So... It, what what else did i want to say about this movie oh scary poppins so scary poppins is the nickname that we come to find out later it was given to miss lansbury because colin was her nanny and so he's the one that gave her the nickname and personally i love that nickname As a nanny, I learned from my very first nanny family, the most valuable life lesson, I'll make this really short, but in case you're a parent or one day you will be a parent, I cannot stress this enough. Having gone to nanny school, gone through the whole thing, um, benevolent dictatorship. This is the most important practical piece of parenting information I can impart on other people. Treat the children as if you are a benevolent dictator. (laughs) So what that means is you want a certain outcome, but you want them to feel as if they have had a say in how we achieved that outcome. So you're a benevolent dictator. So say it's a morning routine, for instance, like, okay, hey, this is what the weather's like outside today. Do you want to wear this outfit or this outfit, like a sweatshirt or, you know, long sleeve shirt with a jacket, whatever. Uh, you know, do you want oatmeal or cereal? Well, what kind of cereal would you like? This kind or this kind? Do you want to brush your teeth first or your hair first? And you, so the children are actively participating in these options and yet they're all options that you want done. Like you don't care what they eat for breakfast. You just need them to eat breakfast. So you're giving them the options and you don't care which ones they pick from those options. You need them to brush their teeth and brush their hair. You don't care which one gets done first. They just need to get them both done. Doesn't matter the order. Like, (laughs) it's it's the biggest thing I can impart. So I very much am a Scary Poppins. I stand behind this. I love that nickname. I shall be using it henceforth. My one nitpick out of this whole movie is I want to know the drone images that they were using, like what castle were they using drone images of? Because at first I thought it was Hampton court, which they no longer use. That was Henry VIII's, um, what wasn't his, but he, he acquired it from, um, uh, Cromwell. Um, no, it wasn't Cromwell. Did Cromwell buy it? It was, um, it doesn't matter. Woolsey. It was Woolsey's first. Anyway, not the point. Watch the tutors, though. Not that that's completely historically accurate, but that also did help me learn a lot. And then I was also Googling along the way. So in a way, it was really informative. So I thought they were at Hampton Court. It's not. I looked it up. I was like, nah, that's not it. Um, obviously they're not going to be at Buckingham Palace. Colin lives at Kensington. Uh, so they say that we don't go inside. We- fine. Understandable, obviously. I don't know what drone images they were using. My only nitpick is I think they were using images from a French castle. And I say that because I was studying French castles in my French high school classes that I took. Uh, The only thing I can think is I don't remember the name of it, but there was one and it really reminded me of it. And I just remember that it was built for Queen, me and Queen Katrine as my... French high school teacher, madame Wa used to call her. Um, yeah. The things I remember from that class because of her, I love her. Uh, so other than that though, like obviously Claire saves the day at the end. He figures out that, you know, she's MI five and everything. And, but there's no, like, I can't believe you would lie to me about your identity, even though you're trying to save me, blah, blah, blah. Um, And, yeah, like, in the very end, his sister-in-law's like, well, I think you're great. And because she gets invited to go to Sandringham for Christmas Day. And he's like, oh, father, never. Like, it's usually family affair. And she's like, well, she is family. No, she says that my brother. See, now I'm really confused. I swear to God, she said, and if my brother were smart he would make you family sooner rather than later and I was like yes yeah yeah be like propose right here right now get down on one knee (laughs) uh but yeah love this movie I would love a sequel I feel like they could have a sequel at for their wedding and something could have oh they could definitely do a sequel I want to see it now as good as the royal nanny was and it really truly was it unfortunately got scooped, in my opinion, by a Lifetime with their movie Reindeer Games Homecoming starring Sarah Drew and Justin Bruning, a.k.a. April Kepner. And people have been telling me his name was Matthew. Is that true? Yes. The uh, paramedic guy from Grey's Anatomy. I stopped watching Grey's after they killed Derek off. So that was before their reunion because it, like what I remember is she ran out on their wedding, uh, to be with, uh, Jesse's character, Jesse. No, that's his real life name, right? Well, what's his, oh man, not the point. Um, because I didn't, I which I loved at the time, because I didn't really think that they had a lot of chemistry, Sarah and Justin, at the time. But then I know that they ended up getting back together again. But that was after I stopped watching, and uh, and I just want to state for the record that Sarah Drew, I think, is fabulous actress because I absolutely detested April Kepner on Grey's Anatomy; couldn't stand her. Could not stand April every single time. She was the whiniest. Oh, I hated her so much. She was always feeling sorry for herself. Um, Hated her. Hate Owen. Uh, (laughs) Hate them so much. Hate, hate, hate. Uh, double hate, loathe entirely. But everything else Sarah Drew is in, I love. So I'm like, well, she must be a really great actress. And it's just like, it's literally April Kepner that I don't like. Um, this movie reads, when her father dies, Mackenzie keeps her father's tradition of the town's fundraiser, fundraising the reindeer games alive. But when high school crush chase shows up and plays against her, the sparks between them grows. Honestly, I feel like we could have had a little bit more in the synopsis, but that's okay. Uh, her best friend's played by Brian Sills. Uh, he played Simon. Obsessed. I loved him. I was cracking up. Um, so, Mackenzie was going to medical school. Well, graduated medical school, was in the middle of her residency when her father, who was a fireman, passed away saving... A family. He died of smoke inhalation later on complications post saving a family from a house fire. So she moves home because she's been left the house, all of this, and she becomes a science teacher at the local high school that she went to. Uh Justin's character, Chase, is an action movie star, kind of going downhill at this point, trying to look for new acting roles, and he comes home because his sister is pregnant, and her husband, who I think was Ryan McPartland, uh, is is not there. I, I think they said he was deployed, but I'm not entirely sure, because they only showed him once, and it didn't look like he was in military uniform. Um, so he's there to help her, and he goes to pick up his nephew when he runs into Mac, and they catch up, and he's like, "Premed, is that you?" Simon comes in, and he's like, "Did he remember? Like, did he call you a premed? Like, he remembers your nickname." So they were sort of friends, kind of sweethearts. Like, she really liked him; he liked her, but he just totally fumbled the bag. And um, it, like, but then he went on to become famous, and she, you know is a high school teacher, and uh, so she's like, oh, it's it's no big deal. He ends up having to help his nephew and the nef- uh, nephew's friend in the reindeer games because you need three to participate, and one of their friends gets sick, so they can't do it, and he goes up against her character, and they reconnect, but there were so many good one-liners. I actually wrote them down because I was cracking up, so when they first see each other again, he's like, I just, you look so different. Like, you don't look like how I remember. And she goes, what? I don't have, she goes on this basically saying, like, she doesn't have acne anymore. And she goes, and I don't have a love-hate relationship with Proactive anymore. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That line, oh, sent me into outer space. I thought that was so funny. He's like, no, no, that's not what I meant at all. She's like, it's okay. Speaking as someone who had a love-hate relationship with ProActive in high school, I thought that line was genius. So, um, anyway, then, like, when they end up kissing, <laughs> I'm sorry, like, when they end up kissing, she, like, they're at her house, like, at her front door, and it's, it's such a good kiss, and then, and I was like, this is why I watch Lifetime, like, for a semi-good plot, although this one was a really good plot, and some good kiss scenes. You know what I mean? So the next day, Simon comes barging in with champagne and OJ for mimosas. And he's like, spill everything. She was like, what are you talking about? And he goes, please, I have seen every single one of your porch night draft offs since high school. Did you really think I was going to miss 2012's MTV movie award winner for best screen kiss when he rolled up here? Please now spill the tea. Oh my god. I was cracking up. Did, did you really think I was gonna miss 2012's movie award winner for Best Screen Kids? <laughs> when uh when her when his sister goes into labor, they're trying to go off, and because Mac is also a volunteer paramedic, she's in the back and then he has to sit in the back, so the nephew ends up driving Jeremy and he runs a red He runs a red light and she's like Chair, did you just run a red light? And he's like, yes, I did. But I did it very safely. I looked both ways. And she goes, oh, bud, you're doing a really good job. And Jace is like, no, he's not. I was cracking up. This movie had like, just had me straight gut laughing. It was so funny. But then (sighs) Lifetime did this thing. They made me laugh they made me laugh so hard and then they made me sob like a baby mac has this letter her father used to write her these letters and she at christmas time and she has the one that he wrote a few weeks before he had passed away and she hasn't opened it it's been three years and she just she carries it around with her basically everywhere and she's holding on to it um, and she's in the hospital, the chapel area and, or no, no, she, she wasn't there. Where, where was she though? She was with Chase talking and he says something to her, like, you know, you are so settled. I wish, I wish I had that. I wish I had that stability and everything. And you know, how, how can you put your life into perspective like this? And she says, <clears> hmm. <throat> I think big grief puts a lot of things into perspective, and I'm not totally content with my work. I miss my residency every day, but my life is really full because I know I matter to a few good people who know me and love me well, and that's the good stuff. That's the best stuff, and that's all you really need. When she said that first line, I think big grief puts a lot of things into perspective, I just felt that on such another level. And uh, so towards the end, that's when they're sitting in the hospital chapel and she's still sitting there with the letter in her hand. And Chase says, you know, I don't know what your father was going to say to you, but I think he's waited a really long time for you to hear the words. I'm going to cry right now remembering this because she says, I just can't open it because when I do, that's it. I will never hear his voice again. Even Even though it's a letter, she was like, I will never hear his voice again. This is the last connection that I have to him. And once I open this letter, it's done. And so that's when he says, you know, I don't know what he said in the letter, but he's waited a really long time for you to hear them. And she's like, I just, I can't open it. And so he opens the seal for her and she pulls out the letter. Oh, it was really, really touching letter. And I'm crying right now, remembering it. But, um, so she's like, okay, you know what? I like, she's like, I know what I need to do. And like, I want you to take this movie world that you were looking forward to and hope you have a nice life. He's like, wait, What? (laughs) And so he goes, he goes into the hospital room with his sister and she's like, come here. And he sits down because he had to get stitches. And she's like, come here, let me see. He sits down and she smacks him (laughs) upside the head. And he's like, ow! And she goes, I told you not to screw this up with Mac this time. And he's like, Look, she doesn't want to be with me. Simon comes barging in. He's like, "That's not true. That is absolutely not true." <laughs> so then, um, one of her friend, one of her dad's friends comes in because he had like broken his wrist or sprained his wrist, whatever, in this last game that they had for the reindeer games. And uh, he's like, "Well, he's my ride," and like, he what he what Simon's saying is right. And you know, also because Simon's like, "And if you hurt her." you're going to have to deal with me. And that is not something that you want to have to do. (laughs) But he's like six inches shorter than him. (laughs) So then the, the friend comes in and he says, and he's like, but like, you'll have to deal with me too. And I might be old, but I still know how to throw my weight around in a scuffle. And Chase is like, is there anyone else? And then the toilet flushes and his nephew walks out and he's like, sorry, uncle Chase, but I agree with them. (laughs) Oh my God. This movie was so good. It just, it was so good. And I must own this movie. I must be able to purchase Well Suited for Christmas and Reindeer Games Homecoming because they really heavyweight, drag out, knockout fight crushed Hallmark in those two movies. A Merry Christmas Wish with Jill Wagner and Cameron Matheson was GAC Family's 8 p.m. slot. And once again, okay, we'll start off with the positives. This was a three. Nothing inherently bad. Absolutely nothing memorable. Completely cookie-cutter movie. You know everything that's going to happen before it actually happens the second you read the plot line. But not, like, could could have been way worse. You know what I mean? Um, again, doesn't even come close to competing with Hallmark and Lifetime. Doesn't even come close. It reads, it tells the story of Janie. She returns to her hometown of Woodland Falls when her great uncle passes away. He surprises Janie with a special gift, the family homestead, her childhood home. Janie is working in Manhattan dating a guy who... I think Charles is his name, Morgan David Jones, who looks in that picture a little bit like Tom Felton. I'm not going to lie. Doesn't look like Tom Felton in working, but anyway, Um, doesn't match her energy whatsoever. And and I really need to get this off my chest here because this is not the second movie that GAC Family has done this year with women trying to lower themselves to meet the bar that of the men that they're dating? Why? Why? Why are we perpetuating some stereotype that women or men and the other way around can't be them true selves and find love that way from go? Why are we pining over or stressing over people that don't match our energies? You know, Uh, anyway, Charles is a terrible boyfriend. He's like, do you really have to go to the farm? No, I don't want to do that. I'm not that kind of person. I'm going to go out to L.A. I'll see you in a couple of days. And then he's like, wait, you're going to stay there. Well, I have to go to L.A. Like, I have to go for this Christmas trip because I also booked some meetings. Hope you don't mind. Uh, And then he ends up showing up and he's like, I found you this deal with a subdivision plot sell to a subdivision because you don't want to live here do you like go away and she's this whole time she's like kind of agonizing about it like well charles does not just girl you break up with him from day one like he was showing you all the red flags anyway i digress so she it goes off because uh she has to take care of her late uncle's estate her bosses like take all the time you need You know, don't worry about it. And she quickly meets Cameron's character, Dylan, who is the caretaker of the land. And then she finds out from the lawyer, like, hey, stay a week or like, say through Christmas and then make your decision. So she's like, oh, okay." So she decides to stay and help them put on this market thing. Does what did it say what it is? They had a name for it. No, they don't. Um... That's some kind of festival market situation going on there. And she's like, you know, I could be good at this. And I do kind of enjoy some of this stuff. And like, yeah, Dylan, you can take care of the other stuff. But the whole time she's like, but I have to sell. I have to sell because I have to go back to Manhattan. I have to, I have to go back. I, you knew all along that she was going to end up staying. Dylan... um. Is very understanding the whole time. Like, you know, I I understand that this isn't going to be able to keep you here and blah, blah, blah. Um, But then she gets the offer to sell to a subdivision. And then she's like, well, I know that this would really affect you, like, your life and your job. But I really just need to sell this. But why? Anyway, she ends up not selling, obviously, and moving there. And everything works out because the lawyer... Didn't send the paperwork in when she was like, no, send it. I'm not going to change my mind because then she changes her mind. And yeah, they all live happily ever after there in Woodland Falls. And, you know, like I said, nothing inherently wrong with it. Seen it before. We'll see it again. Like, these are the things that people make fun of when they talk about Christmas movies. Reindeer Games Homecoming? So much more developed. So much more complex. Movies that we're going to talk about in the future. So much more complex. This, no thought. This is like giving roses on Valentine's Day. There's no thought process behind that. There's none. You have the vacancy of the stare of a mannequin. That, that's the amount of thought process that goes into a movie script like this. The final Saturday Night movie was Our Italian Christmas Memories, starring Sarah Power, Bo Bridges, and... Markian Tarasarek, I think is how you say his last name, because I'm trying to remember how I just said it, because he also shows up in the Sunday Hallmark movie. I was like, what? Um, I'm okay with it, though. But this movie, Hallmark Movies and Mysteries, were back on track. Made me cry. I knew I was going to cry. It reads, The Koluchi siblings, in an effort to jog the memory of their grandfather who is struggling with dementia, set out to recreate their late grandmother's legendary pasta sauce. The other comments read, 58 comments, Uh, lots of crying emojis, words can't express how much this movie touched me, took care of my mom for over 10 years with Alzheimer's, I'm a caregiver, have many clients in different stages, this was exceptional, Beau Bridges was incredible, Sarah, Morgana, Jesse, Paravine, Alicia, and Markian, Michelle is Dianata, everyone else, thank you, beautifully written by the amazing Joey Botnick, thank you. Simply the best. This was a charming and heartfelt movie. I recommend it to anyone. Awesome movie. Movie is warm and touching. My family dealt with a grandmother who was losing her memory. This movie showed all the ups and downs. Thanks for making this movie. Um, Yeah, this movie was heartwarming and hard and sensitive. The younger sister ruined it for me. Her attitude was terrible and bratty. Would have been better without her. Wanting a family meeting... Uh, while out to dinner without her mother, grandpa's daughter present was inappropriate. She was annoying. Agreed. Agreed. We're going to talk about it. Phenomenal and exquisite. Brings me right back to my childhood of growing up in Italian family on the west side of Buffalo, New York, with grandma's spaghetti sauce cooking, homemade pizza in the oven, and family all around in every single room. Artichokes in the oven and Italian cookies everywhere. What a phenomenal movie. Absolutely love it. Can't wait to watch it over and over and over again. Thank you, Hallmark, for this movie. Much love. Um... Wasn't sure I was going to watch this as my mom had Alzheimer's and passed away from it. So many memories and emotions in this movie that are spot on, including the division with the sisters. There is a time and place for everything. Love Bo Bridges with Sarah Powers. Powerful performances. We'll watch again. Um, okay, first one. Disappointed. I really wanted to like this, but like all movies this year, Hallmark has dropped the ball. Okay, well, Nikki F., I have a feeling that you're probably over there saying that GAC Family's movies are all new and refreshing. Um... (laughs) So, um, Sarah's character, Anna, is Vincent's granddaughter, and she's the oldest of their three siblings. And she has come home. She's... Um, a sociologist, archaeologist, some kind of ologist. And now she's an associate professor. And so she adjunct professor, sorry, and kind of travels from place to place working at different um universities and colleges. And she has come home because her mother is taking a well deserved vacation from taking care of her father, who is what Anna originally believes is in the early onset of Alzheimer's, but is actually more in the middle set of dementia. And, um, so Anna's there because she's like, well, I'm going to stay with Nono and, you know, I'm here. I'm going to take care of him while her younger brother, he's the youngest and her younger sister, uh, are also there. They've been there the whole time, all this. She gets along with her brother, her sister, You can tell that there is some tension there. Um, Her sister runs the family farm. And she's like, we are selling the farm. She's married. uh, Her wife is having a baby. And she's like, it's just too much. And Anna at first is very like, whoa, what? And the sister's like, look, we have mom's approval. We have Nono's approval. We're doing this. And Vincent comes out and he's like, she has my blessing. And he tells Anna later, don't be mad at your sister because it's a lot. Like it was a lot for me when I was younger and it's a lot. And it's, uh, you know, it, I never wanted it to become a burden. And so she has my blessing. And when I become too much of a burden, your mother has my blessing too. Oh my God, I'm going to cry again. Um, So Anna's like, oh okay no no like it's okay she takes him to his neurology appointment and meets dr greg and what i want to say in this moment do you know how many times i took my grandparents to doctor's appointments do you know how many times we were in the hospital around christmas time between my grandparents and my uncle Ask me how many hot doctors there were amongst hundreds of times, not maybe not hundreds, but tens of times, 50, 50 times. Ask me, zero, not one, not one single hot doctor, not one single time, not even a hot paramedic, nowhere to be found. Maybe it's because of where I live, you know, could be. That could be the reason. But I digress because we were also at the OSU Wexner Medical Center for my uncle, and that's that's a college campus, a huge, thriving. No, none. <laughs> I mean, maybe there were some. It makes me makes <laughs> makes me so mad. I'm coughing. Um, maybe there were some, but then I thought that they were too young for me. Uh, because by then I I was older. But I digress. Not one. Not one single hot doctor. So when she shows up and Dr. Greg walks in, played by Markian, who I'd never seen before, that I know of. I about fell out of my chair. I was like, are you kidding me right now? Are This is so unfair. Loved him. And he tells her because... Like, the appointment does not go well, and she's very shocked, and so she pulls him aside afterwards, and she's like, I didn't think it was this bad already, and he says, you know, it wasn't, but it's progressing faster than we were hoping, and, you know, I'm I'm here if you need anything, I'm here if your family needs anything, and so she says, is there anything I can do? And he says, you know, something that keeps his mind active. So she decides, let's find Nona's pasta recipe. And there was a word for it. And, but I, I didn't take Italian. I took French, even though I did live in Italy. But that's not the point. And, uh, it, because it was never written down. And her mom can't cook it all. So she doesn't have it. And it was really only Nona that made it. And Nona has passed away, Donata. And so she and Vincent go about trying to recreate it. And along the way, they reconnect with other people that have these little tips about the sauce because they have these little tidbits from other people, uh, or little tidbits from Donata when she was alive. And the whole time the little sister, you can tell is just egging on a fight. And uh, she's like, well, are you really sure you should be focusing on a pasta recipe instead of what we need to do? And like the commenter said, like, there's a time and place for everything. And yeah, I was sitting there driving home that night, be, like yelling at the, at my phone, playing it. And I'm like, you cannot be sitting down here while your brother's trying to, be, like, he's going from a dishwasher to uh, a sous chef or whatever it's even under a sous chef, like beginning chef here at his girlfriend's father's restaurant, uh, and trying to pick a fight right now. And Anna's like, are you mad? Like, can we talk about it? And Vincent's like, stop fighting. Um, Vincent then, like, cause he takes these morning walks and he doesn't come home. And the sister's like, well, you should have been watching him. And Anna's like, mom said that it was okay. And like, that she would have let him go on walks by himself and all this. So they call Greg and Greg's like, no, this isn't good. Let's call the police. And they end up finding him. It was so sad uh, when they found him because he had just been sitting on a bench, like outside, across the street from like an apartment building, whatever, like his original house. And they're like, what happened? No, no. And he's like, I don't know. Like, I was walking and then I got lost and then I didn't have my phone. I didn't have my wallet and I didn't know how to get home and everything. Oh, it was so sad. And, um, like before that though, he looks at Anna and, uh, cause he can kind of see, you know, this little, little connection between her and Greg. And he says, I'm not going to be around forever. And I want to know that you're loved. I am crying because my grandfather did not pass away from Alzheimer's, but, um, I don't know. That just really, really made me think of my grandpa. And, uh, yeah, this movie was so, so, so good. Uh, in the end, she ends up finding the sauce recipe and, uh, like and then they all spend christmas day making the sauce and greg shows up with uh some ukrainian dishes because because markian is ukrainian in real life and so i loved that uh, i thought that was really great and um yeah i'm i'm just a mess over here and i'm crying cuz now i'm thinking of my grandfather and yeah, like, I did have a great aunt that had Alzheimer's, and the whole walking and then getting lost, that actually happened to her as well. Um So yeah, this movie was just, it was very, very touching, it was very poignant, and can't recommend it enough, but you're going to yell at the TV, and you're going to swoon, and you're going to cry, so you're going to go through all of the emotions, but that's what we come to Hallmark Movies and Mysteries for. Congratulations, A++, you did it. Okay, crying aside now, getting to Sunday's movies, we are almost there, everyone. The Picture of Christmas, Up TV, Sunday Night Movie, starred Chelsea Hobbs, aka Blair, from The Nine Lives of Christmas. I was looking at her and I was like, she looks so familiar to me. And then I looked at her and I was like, oh my god, it's been so long. Uh, let's see here. And Giles... I think you say it, Giles, right? Giles Panton. I think that's how you say his last name. It reads, Ember Morley, Ember as in E-M-B-E-R, like the, the fire embers. Yeah. Morley, not Marley, like Christmas Carol. We're different here. A graphic designer and aspiring storybook illustrator in Manhattan is surprised when she learns she has inherited her grandmother's Christmas tree farm. She heads back to her hometown of Willow Hill in order to sell it before Christmas, but the charming townspeople convince her to stay a little longer and help plan their annual Christmas tree festival. When forced to work with Brandon Hart, the farm's handsome caretaker, Amber is reminded of the things she once wanted in life. Will the magic of Christmas guide her on the right path? Did that sound familiar to you at all? Because if I could refresh your memory from two segments ago, A Merry Christmas Wish, starring Jill Wagner and Cameron Matheson, it's the same plot line. Now here's the thing, right? This is not a 2022 produced movie for UpTV. This was produced in 2021 and TV then went ahead and bought it to put on their channel this year in 2022. Which means... JC <clears throat> <GAC> Family <laughs> plagiarized the script. So maybe I guess I should just maybe be... be blah, 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 maybe be mad at JC Family. But, um... I, like, seeing this, I don't, so I don't know if Up TV got scooped. Now, this says original air date November 13th, 2022. Yeah, in the United States. In Canada, it was December 1st, 2021. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Made by Real One Entertainment from the United States. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, so GAC family just completely plagiarized the script. Ember gets her grandmother's estate, much like Janie got her uncle's um home. And this year they were in Woodland Falls. This one's Willow Hill. They both fall for the caretaker, Dylan and Brandon. Brandon here though has a child, Emily. She was so cute. And uh, Ember they both live in Manhattan. Ember and Janie both live in Manhattan. Um. Ember is wants to be an illustrator and Janie is a marketer. So that's a little different there. Um, And in the end, they both originally sell to a subdivision. I think it was the subdivision part that really struck me as like the real cluing factor that this was the same plot line. <laughs> Like, to the subdivision people first. And then they both realize that they can't do that. I don't know. I can't tell you which one to not watch. Because either one would have been, like, just a fine filler movie. But it's the fact that I watched them back to back just really sets my teeth on edge. But now that I'm, like, actually piecing that final piece into the puzzle, because I'm like, I don't know, do you both get Fs or what? No, it's just GAC family. It's just them because, yeah, they could have watched this in 2021 in Canada and then thought, hey, brilliant idea for a movie plot. Although, to be fair, I do feel like they were filming this back last year. So I feel like I saw Jill Wagner and Cameron Matheson hanging out for a long time now. Maybe just the beginning of this year. I don't know. Anyway, um, that's about all I'm going to say about this. Because, I'm like, there's nothing else I can tell you from this. You know exactly what's happening this whole entire time. Christmas at the Golden Dragon. That was Sunday's Hallmark movie. I didn't know how this movie was going to go at first because... It read the same way that a lot of their movies have read lately. It says when Romy and Rick's parents surprise them with the news that they will be closing the Chinese restaurant that they have owned and operated for decades, the siblings each find themselves reevaluating their futures. I was picturing a Coyote Creek Christmas scenario, the Christmas summer camp movie. I still Camp Evergreen. No, that wasn't the name of it. What was it? Christmas Homecoming Camp Whatever it was, those on this summer. It was very disappointing in the end. Uh I was expecting that scenario. Couldn't have been more wrong. Couldn't be more in love. This movie is a Jill Mansell book told on screen. It's like love actually minus all of the spicy stuff. It was so good. Again, I was laughing, I was crying. Mark Tara Sarek was in it again. Sorry. It's, I'm like, I want to make sure that I say it right. And I hope I am because the only thing I could do was Google pronounce it. So I hope that's right. If you happen to listen to this and it's not, I'm really, really sorry. Um, I'm trying my best. Okay. It also starred Kara Wang as Romy, Osric Chow as her brother Rick, Barbara Niven, Sarah Canning, Antonio Cupo, and Jason Fernandez and and actually more. Um, okay, but that's as many as I got. Okay. Let's look at the... Read 35 more comments here. One of the best. For the first three fourths, it was good. But like other Hallmark movies... Oh, but like other ha- Hallmark movies. However, the last fourth was the best ending ever. I loved it. Wanted to love it, but maybe there were too many storylines. Shaking my head... Sorry, my timeline went on here. Uh, could have been good wasn't could be better not my favorite so wonderful and true often we look at christmas as a to-do list of what we think should happen and at the end of the day christmas is about family and community two things that are present with christmas and once it's gone i love this movie i had no idea what to expect but it is now my favorite can we get a part two unexpected okay there's way too much written. i'm not reading all of that um Enjoyed the show and the different stories. One man's chance brings many blessings. More, please. Enjoyed this one. Really enjoyed this one. Nicely done Hallmark. Loved it. It was okay. Yes. Okay, so this one is a little mixed reviews on here. They're wrong. The mixed reviews are wrong. This movie is great. So Romy calls her parents up and she's like, what's going on for Christmas this year? I was thinking of maybe going to Vermont with Blake. Blake. And meeting his family. Because Romy in her head has this idea of the perfect Christmas that she never ever had growing up because her parents own a Chinese restaurant. And so they were always open on Christmas Day. And I mean, she goes on like, you know, my parents they couldn't even buy Christmas presents until January 2nd. And we were just always at the restaurant, and I'm, you know, wearing oil splattered clothes and you know, so on and so forth. And so they say, "You should go, go enjoy that Christmas. like it's okay. you can go to Vermont and she's freaking out. She's like, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe it I, I I finally get to have this Christmas that I've always dreamed of. She's so excited to go home with Blake. Meanwhile, they all sit everyone down, Rick, uh Miguel, and well, and the others, but Rick and Miguel are the main two. Rick's their son, and Miguel is a boss boy waiter. Kid, like he's trying to go to college and that's how he's going to pay for it. And they tell everyone we are closing down on Christmas Eve. We've run this restaurant for so long, but we're tired. We want to retire and we're doing this. Rick has been learning how to become a chef. So we have a little bit of the chef thing going on this weekend. Um, and he's like, well, what's going on? They're like, no, you need to find your passion in life. We don't want you to do this just because we did it. Like, we did it because that's what we thought we had to do, but we don't want that for you and Romy. We want you to do what it is that you love, and you need to figure that out. But Rick really does enjoy cooking, and he wants to be a chef. Uh, But I I sort of appreciate that. They're like, no, we, we want you to find your passion. Although, I do sort of see where it can be a little... I've just lost the word I was looking for, uh, cynical or not cynical. It can be a little, uh, Oh man. The word block is the worst symptom from COVID all, all this time is the word block. What is the word I'm looking for? Like it can be a little, uh, when you know that they're like, we want you to find your passion and we're not even going to give you the chance (laughs) in case this was it. You have to go find it and do it yourself. Um, So Rick ends up reconnecting with a girl that he knew from high school and like he had asked her to prom, but then he was in college and so he stood her up. And so, and she kind of lets him know like, yeah, I was kind of just like waiting for you in my dress this whole time. Uh, Like that's really sweet because in the end he's like, can you please wear the dress that you were going to wear at prom because I really want to see you in it. It was so cute. They throw a little prom. Uh, And Miguel ends up connecting with Sarah Canning's character. Uh, Okay, what was her character name? Because I thought it was Vivian and it's not. They don't even have it here on the Hallmark app because obviously why would you? That would just make sense. So Christmas at the Golden Dragon, let me just type this into, there we go, into IMDB. Veronica, that's the name, Veronica. Um, it, because Veronica's CFO of this company, she and Antonio Cupo's character, Nate, work together. And so they end up connecting because she's single and is trying IVF and it hasn't been working out, which to her, she feels like a big failure for her mother because she's like, I'm never going to make you a grandmother. I have my own views with that being a single 34 year old uh, woman with a single mother. I'm like. I felt that and deep in my soul. Um, but Nate has two children. He's recently divorced. And, like, they all have these ties to the Golden Dragon. And so, like, they're all sad about it closing. Romy's just off in Vermont trying to have this perfect, in quotes, uh, Christmas. And they're in the house that I'm pretty sure was the same house for A Very Merry Bridesmaid last year. And I thought it was the same dad. It's not because I'm like, oh, my God, it's like the same house and I think it might be the same father, <laughs> but it wasn't the same dad. Um, And like that's going terribly for her to the point where she kind of realizes that she did have great Christmases and it's all about the connections and the family that they created within the restaurant because she's like, not everyone could afford to go home. There were college students. You have the doctors the other first responders, um, so on and so forth. Like they're, and so they didn't have anywhere else to go. Like people that have just don't have any family left anymore. And so they came there and, you know, we created a family. And so she's like, I have to go. I have to go back home because then she gets the call and Rick's like, they didn't want me to tell you, but I feel like you should know. And so she's like, I have to go. And Blake's mom is like, I'll, or like, Blake's brother-in-law's like, I'll book the flight and brother's, I'll book the flight. And the sister-in-law's like, I'll do or no, sister-in-law's like, I'll book the flight. And the brother's like, I'll drive you to the airport. And their daughter, who was like kind of standoffish, was like, and you can borrow my noise-cancelling headphones. And the mom's like, I'll pack you snacks. And the dad says something else, like what he's gonna do. And then Blake's like, and I'll go with you. And she's like, Really? And they're like, Yes. That family, so good, so cute, love them. Um uh, so she and Blake go, they get there like on a red eye for Christmas Day, and they decide to reopen the Golden Dragon, and she's like, we're gonna do one more Christmas at the Golden Dragon, and they pull it off and they surprise their parents uh at the end, and it was just I'm not gonna cry again for the third time. Um this movie was so good again. Such a different kind of Christmas story for Hallmark that I really, really super enjoyed. Hallmark was not bringing their A game the first few weeks when they were really the only thing out there, and I was like, ooh, I don't know about this, but they are fully locked and loaded into the game now, like, we're moving into Thanksgiving week here, it's heating up. The battle is heating up, but this one, top notch, A plus, you have to watch it. Six Degrees of Santa was lifetime Sunday night movie. I'm unwell. <laughs> so on IMDB you can leave reviews. This is the first review that they showed and I had to click it when I saw what how it started. First of all, they gave it a 6 out of 10. I personally like this one. I give it a 4.5 out of 5. It reads, I will always prioritize movies which star Steve Blunt, so I gave this a chance. Also, I wanted to exercise the memory of the horror that was his other 2022 Christmas movie in which Steve was dumped by the widow that wasn't. <laughs> oh. Oh, wow. That... I think we were all, <laughs> I think we all were victimized by the Hallmark Movies and Mysteries Christmas Bedtime Stories and how they did Steve Lund so dirty. Okay. Anyway, this starred Steve Lund and Katherine Davis. It reads, Christmas enthusiast Steph has created a program, Six Degrees of Santa. When Steph's own gift lands in the hands of the leading internet entrepreneur, Jason, he's convinced that the original Santa must be his soulmate. Wait, why does it say Steph? Because it says here her name's Harper. Her name's definitely Harper. So who is Steph? (laughs) This, and they've also just changed it because this definitely said that it was like a 2020 movie. But now it says 2022. So now I'm really confused. Um, Okay, so... Jason is this, like, I don't know that he's actually a billionaire, but he's a tech startup guy, very rich, has this tree, think Balsam Hill, called Sparkle 2.0, uh, Christmas tree thing. And he just has this glow, this brand company of helping with startups and everything. And so Harper used to work for him, but then one of her ideas that he actually ends up liking. She was like, oh, really? Because so-and-so, you know, said it wouldn't have enough profit potential. And they, they, nah, asked it. So she stops working for him and creates, like, just works with her mom and creates her own company called Six Degrees of Santa. Where, what, did I just read how that worked? No, okay. So I'm just making sure here. I'm tired now at this point. <laughs> um, where you have a gift. It's something that you can easily move from person to person within the time span of Christmas. And you would not, you put it in this box and you anonymously give it to someone. And then they have to re-gift it five more times so that you have six degrees of Santa. And She does this with a book called Northbound Elf that she read as a child that she loved, got her hands on. And she writes a note on the inside of the book saying, you know, like, dear, whoever gets this, hope this helps you. It meant a lot to me growing up, blah, blah, blah. And then she ends it with Miss Santa number one, gives it to her mailman. It makes its way around to Jason. He opens it up and he's like, oh my God, I've been looking for this book everywhere. I love this book as a child. I didn't even know they made it anymore. I've tried finding it for so long. And he sees the note and he's like, I have to know who Miss Santa number one is. Because that's got to be the love of my life. Which, if he wanted to, he would. You know what I mean? This is a great concept of if he wanted to, he would. So he gets his personal assistant to track down the whole six degrees of Santa in the first place. It leads him to Harper, who he had run into in the elevator. So he shows up at her mother's job, uh, company shop, small business shop. And they're both out there and they're talking and he pulls out the book and her mom's like, Oh, Harper, isn't that she's like a book? Yes. That, Is a children's book and all this. Like, what's the importance of this book? (laughs) And her mom's just kind of like, what's going on? So he's like, I have to find Miss Santa number one. She goes, why? And he's like, oh, you know, for, you know, whatever reason. She's like, do you want to find that because of the book or because you want to meet Miss Santa number one? And so he's like, well, maybe to meet her. So she's like, well, what's in it for me? And they come up with this bargain that he'll help her mother shop and leave Six Degrees of Santa alone if she is able to track down Miss Santa number one, which is her. She convinces her roommate, roommate, friend, whatever, to be Miss Santa number one because she's like, I don't want any part of him. Can you please do this? It'll help your own social media presence because she wants to be an influencer. So her friend's like, yeah, that's fine. She goes, It's not that he's not conventionally attractive in a I can pull off a turtleneck kind of way. Dead. On the floor. Deceased. The fact that that's how they... That's how they categorize Steve Lawn. Like, he's he's pretty in an... Or, like, he's attractive in a conventional way of, like, I can pull off a turtleneck. Because wouldn't you know, 25, 30 minutes later, that man is in a turtleneck. (laughs) And yes, he can pull off a turtleneck. It's like I knew immediately what they meant, though, in that moment. Like, like, yeah, not everyone can pull off a turtleneck. So I completely understand what she's saying. So she goes... She kind of tries to play off this whole, like, fake, you know, which she is an influencer, but she plays it off really well. But then he's like, well, you know, like, why would another date and all of this? So he keeps hanging out with Harper, because he's supposed to be helping her with her mom's company. And they really, really connect and hit it off. And just as soon as she's like, oh, I think I might have feelings for him, she. She thinks that he is really connecting with her friend Zoe. And Zoe comes to her as like, I think I have feelings for him. So then she's caught in this, you know, between a rock and a hard place about, okay, well, what do I do now? Because I don't want to ruin his chance at actually finding someone. And, you know, like, I don't, I don't know what to do. He ends up finding out, though, that Harper is, in fact, Santa number one. And from Hal, the mailman. And, I mean, they have this, you know, kind of a miscommunication, misunderstanding thing. But also makes sense because she's like, well, what about my end of the bargain? He's like, well, you didn't even hold up your end. Like, you said you were going to help me find Miss Santa number one. You are Miss Santa number one. <laughs> so um, it worked, though, for me. Like, I can, I can take that storyline when it makes sense. When it doesn't make sense and when it's just superfluous to the overall plot is when I hate that trope, but here it made sense. Like I understood it. Um, but they end up together in the end and it's really sweet. And, um, uh, yeah, I, Steve Lund. Sometimes I think about like, if I were in a, if, if I were in a Christmas movie, who would I want to be my love interest? And, you know, obviously I know everyone's going to be like, Oh, it's Travis Van Winkle. Like, yes, that would be the obvious choice. My thing is, is, no, that almost sounds like it's gonna be mean to other people. Travis is just he's like he's too pretty. you know, like he's too perfect to be standing next to. and I don't mean in real life, okay? It's not what I mean. I'm not saying he's a perfect person. Um, he's just like he's too pretty like, you know, he's too muscly now, he's too, he's too, like, Greek god statue-like, you know, and, and he just, he does actually seem like a really nice guy in general, but I just, I'm like, I'm not on that level, not, not to be mean to myself, but, like, I'm not on that level, so, you know, I don't think that would work for me, um, you know, then I would think, like, Ryan Pavey, I mean, let's not forget, Ryan Pavey holds the Christmas tree up over his head, um, I, but sometimes I think, I don't know, maybe Ryan's too serious for me. Like, he could be too serious in that role. Uh, I think Andrew Walker, you know. But then, I again, Andrew is... I, well, I, I, could, I could probably go up against Andrew. That one would probably work, too. I think Tyler Hines. I really like Tyler, too. Like, he's... He's very jokey and everything, but there's just something about Steve Lund that he's he's conventionally pretty and he's got this great sense of humor in the movies and he just knows how to put you at ease that I'm like I just feel like Steve Lund really is the perfect Christmas movie boyfriend. Like he just he's so sweet in this he's like maybe we can get one of those little quirky run-ins that they have in those movies and she goes a uh, meat cute and he goes yeah that like he's like maybe I could spill coffee on her <laughs> it was too much I love him he's like roller skates at one point I love Steve Wand. justice for Steve I'm so happy that he actually got redemption that that top review oh my god I so we're all thinking it we were all sitting here thinking like he deserves justice after that movie <laughs> Moving on to the final movie now. Thank God. We have made it once again. And I didn't even get, I I didn't have a chance to watch the Apple, Apple TV one yet. I almost called it Apple Plus again. Uh, Christmas Sweethearts. This was GAC Family's movie. 301 reviews. Five stars. Uh, That's too high for me. Five out of ten stars. Too high for me. It starred Breanne Hill, Colton Little, and Tanner Novelin. It reads, When a woman returns home to find her ex in a relationship, she enlists her best friend to act as her fake boyfriend. Okay, someone else wrote, When Ashley Seaver returns home for the holidays, hoping to reconnect with her high school sweetheart Grant, she soon meets his new girlfriend. In an attempt to escape the embarrassment, she and her best friend Liam fake their own holiday romance. But when her fake feelings for Liam start to turn real, Ashley will have to choose what her heart really wants this Christmas. I haven't wanted to cuss out a Christmas, well, I haven't wanted to cuss out a character uh, in a movie since Meet Me at Christmas in 2020. Was that a 2020's movie? Uh, with Mark Declan and Catherine um, Why have I just hit a blank? Jag Goodwitch why is this happening Uh, anyway not the point I haven't wanted to cuss someone out so badly since that role because I they did her so wrong in that movie one this was made by nicely entertainment in 2019 GAC family bought this movie in order to put it on their screens right here right now I don't understand why Ashley, yeah, goes home early because she sees that Grant is home. She and Grant used to date in high school. They mutually, not mutually broke up uh, because the whole long distance thing going into college. And so she's like, oh, this is my chance to reconnect with him. You can tell all along that her best friend, Liam, that she works with, uh, they do an event company thing, is in love with her. So, she goes home. She reconnects with Grant. He calls. He's like, hey, Ladybug, what's going on? First of all, don't ever. Don't ever. mm -mm, No, thank you. Um, So, he's like, we should catch up. I can't wait to catch up on all this. She goes to his house for dinner where he's like, yeah, we really want to share this with you. And she's like, what? He brings out his girlfriend. She's a famous woman. She's like, oh, okay. Well, like, I have to go. (coughs) Fakes food poisoning. (laughs) Sorry, I just took a breath and I went down the wrong way. Um, She fakes food poisoning, goes home, and tells Liam, like, this is terrible, I don't understand. And he's like, well, just say the word and I'll come spend Christmas with you. And she's like, well, whatever the word is, yes. So the next morning, Liam, who's great, very golden retriever energy here, shows up. And she's like, oh, yes, here's my boyfriend, Liam, in front of Grant and his girlfriend, Bella, because this gift basket arrives that she had ordered. Uh, also, it stars Aunt Zelda, a.k.a. Beth Broderick, uh, as her mother. She couldn't even solve this. She couldn't even fix this movie. So then they embark on this really weird foursome of events uh, to help Grant reopen the lodge that he's reopening there and throw a party. But the whole time, like, it's so weird because his girlfriend's like, oh, you and Grant should go ice skating together. And then they're sitting at dinner, and it's, like, two people on one side, two people on the other. But it's Grant and Ashley on one side, and then Liam and Bella on the other side. I'm like, who's sitting like that? Who Who's sitting like that? Why would... That makes less than zero sense. Are we in the 1700s in England? Are we in the 1800s in England where you can't sit next to your wife? Move over there. No. What? Why would you be sitting next to your ex-boyfriend while his current girlfriend is sitting across from you next to your quote-unquote fake boyfriend? That doesn't make any sense. Anyway... Liam, at one point, looks at Ashley, and he's like, do you really know anything about him? Like, all you know is his social media stuff. You don't know anything, like, in his past. You don't know anything current. He has a girlfriend. She's nice. And she's like, but they live three states away. Like, it's never gonna work. It's long distance. I'm three hours away. Just be happy for me. She's platinum blonde. She has this high voice. She's basically the wish version of Meredith Blake. Sorry if that's rude. It's, I'm, I'm sticking to that though. Grant, the guy that plays Grant is the wish version of Taylor Lautner. And I also stand behind that. And uh, she's like, just be happy for me. Why? Cause you're, you, you are actively trying to break up a relationship. Now, if Bella were awful, that would make somewhat sense. She's not awful. So what do you mean I'm just supposed to be happy for you while you're actively trying to break up a happy relationship? I've already spent too much time on this movie. I, I bas- I hate watched it. It was way overacted. I put some clips on Instagram. Someone was like, this is so cringe. Like, I'm having secondhand embarrassment and all I'm seeing of this are these clips. <clears throat> Couldn't have said it better myself. j c family... Are you guys okay? I feel like the ship is burning down over there. I kind of want to do a deep dive on this because knowing nothing, I just... What's going on? What Truly, what is going on? Has CCB absolutely tanked everything else? Did you not have a budget to do literally anything? You're stealing plot lines. You're coming up with almost the same exact name. Christmas, what's their... What's their movie? They they have a movie on this weekend called Where'd it go? Where the, where did the thing go? There was literally a thing. That's they've deleted. I'm so confused right now. Okay. Anyway, uh, I don't know why they got rid of the. Okay, Christmas in Pine Valley. You know what that sounds like? It sounds a lot like Christmas in the Pines from Up TV. I. And then you're buy uh, you're buying movies from <clears> twenty <throat> nineteen. Let's just call it for what it is. Let's face facts. It's not good. I don't know what you guys were doing all year. It's not good. Last year you guys had some solid movies before you acquired Candace and Danica and Jen. Did you spend your whole budget on just paying them? Because if you did, uh well, you know, I can't even say that's a mistake because going through your comments, the amount of deluded people that are like I don't know, I could really be shooting myself in the foot here at this point, but it's so baffling to me. The amount of people that are like, I cancelled Hallmark because I'm so tired of their movies. You're gonna sit here and watch these? I just love these movies. They're so different. How? Tell me one thing in one single one of these GAC family movies that hasn't been the exact same storyline that you've seen within the last five years on Hallmark or Lifetime. I'll wait. Truly, what is going on? I don't even care if I hurt people's feelings because it's, this is the most baffling thing I've ever seen in my life. It's the complete destruction of a channel. And it's not that I really care about it at the end of the day. It's just, it's so shocking to me because last year out of the lineup, there were solid movies. There's been one solid movie this year and that was Catering Christmas. One. What's going on? And that is it. That is 14 out of the 15. Personally, I think Spirited, the Apple TV, Will Ferrell, Ryan Reynolds one, um, th- I feel like that one, it will be fine to watch whenever. So as soon as I get my friends, login in again and find the time, I will watch and review that. Looking ahead to week five's movie, yeah? I start to get confused between what I'm reviewing and then looking ahead to, um, looking ahead to this coming week, we have The Santa Clauses. That's a show on Disney+, Plus. but Tim Allen is back again. I am so, so, so excited for that. Um, Can't wait. Then we start Thursday again with Lifetime and Netflix. We have Christmas with You on Netflix and Sweet Navidad on Lifetime. And then uh, Friday, we have inventing the christmas prince that's hallmark and a country christmas harmony that's lifetime saturday i oh man saturday i think hallmark's actually going to finally come through and take out lifetime here um but we have Three Wise Men and a Baby on Hallmark. I cannot wait. That's the Andrew Walker, Tyler Hines, and Paul Campbell movie. That one looks so funny. It is up against Santa Boot Camp on Lifetime. And that's the Rita Moreno. I don't know. I think the boys are going to carry that one, though. Um, if nothing else, it just means I'm going to have a good laugh this weekend. Let's see. We have The Holiday Switch on Up TV, Long Lost Christmas on Hallmark Movies and Mysteries. Christmas at Pine Valley. GAC family, I expect nothing from you anymore. Um, then Sunday we have Christmas Lucky Charm. That's up TV. When I think of Christmas on Hallmark, I don't know anything about that one. Um, a show stopping Christmas is Lifetime. And my favorite Christmas tree is GAC family. That stars (laughs) Giles Panton. Um, Almost exactly his same role as what he just played on UP TV last week. Like, I expect, like, I didn't expect a lot GAC family, but the four letter word. Like, <laughs> I expected more than this. And that is it. So, how many movies is that? So, including The Santa Clauses, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 11, 12, 13, 14, 14, okay, same as this week, <laughs> it's fine, you can find all of these reviews, the one-minute reviews, as they are happening on TikTok at Sock Fun Studios, or you can catch them in my Instagram stories when I remember to put them up there, Instagram is also Sock Fun Studios, you can also find That's Garland For You merch mugs, sweatshirts, banners in the shop, both Etsy and Shopify, sockbunstudios.com. And there is a Christmas Around the Channels mug that you can purchase on the website as well. And every time you purchase one of those, it makes my Christmas-loving heart so happy and makes all of this madness worth it because I am finishing this podcast at 1240 at night. (laughs) So, until next time, remember, there are no bad hair days, and when your high school crush comes back and remembers your nickname from there, and he happened to win 2012's MTV Best On-Screen Kiss, make sure when you kiss him again, you're not doing it on your front porch for your best friend to see, or do, and spill the tea. I will see you guys next time.